Good morning. <laughs> let's, let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer again. Mr. Mike Robbins, will you lead us in prayer? Amen. All right. I think we'll go to Matthew chapter 10. Anybody tell me what we'll be talking about? What we've been talking about? The apostles. Thank you, Chris. We've been talking about the apostles. We looked at them as a group and the difference between disciples and apostles. And, you know, a lot of people didn't know there was a difference. So we talked about that. We talked about the Lord Jesus, and I think we'll read it here in a minute, spent time in prayer before he set these men apart. And we talked about how important they were in the early church. So we talked about them as a group. The main thing that we wanted to stress as we're moving into somebody else today um, is that these were just ordinary men. Now, they had gifts, and God set them apart. They did great things for God, but they were, they were men. They weren't angels. They weren't supernatural. They, they were men. And if God can use them, God can use us. And so that's, what, that's the application. And their strengths are great and a lot of times that's the focus not every time as we talked about with Peter but they had weaknesses and I think a lot of times we and 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 they deserve our a level of respect don't get me wrong but a lot of times we set these biblical characters on a pedestal and think they were so much more than just regular men and women but they were just men and women that had a heart for God and that God used and if we have a heart for God God can use us just like he used them um, so we've talked about Peter. Does anybody remember the little tag we put on Peter? The apostle with the foot-shaped mouth. <laughs> Almost every time he talked, he inserted that size 11 or whatever it was in his mouth. There were times when nobody asked anything, and the Bible says, and Peter answered. <laughs> So we looked at Peter. I don't want to spend a lot of time on Peter. But uh, here in Matthew chapter 10, let's just go ahead and read this real quick because I want to turn to somewhere else to address this next person. But Matthew chapter 10 verse 1 says, And when he, who's he, had called? That's Jesus. Unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. The first, and don't forget, that's not first in a list, okay? That's a leader. Peter was the leader of this group, and we've talked about that. The first, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, <clears throat> Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Levius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, and there's the tag that always follows him. Something like this, who also betrayed him. So that's the group. Now, if you would, turn to John chapter 1. We've looked at Peter, and I think I said last week, but today I want to move into his brother, Andrew. John chapter 1, I struggled with who to go to next. 
I almost went to John, and I just felt like it wasn't exactly right. And Andrew seems to just be where we need to be. So John chapter 1, if you'll look in verse, I think we're going to read this whole thing here in a second. So let's just look in verse 40. John chapter 1, verse 40. One of the two which heard John speak, now that's John the Baptist, and followed him was Andrew, Simon's Pe- Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his, findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted to Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, that's Peter now, he said, Thou art Simon the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Now, we've talked about this. Andrew's out there listening to John the Baptist. He meets Jesus, finds out who he is, and what's the first thing he does? He goes and gets his brother Peter and brings him to Jesus. Now, that's, that's what we ought to be doing. If Jesus is anything to you, if he's meant anything to you, if he's done anything for you, why not share him with somebody? We need to be bringing people to Jesus. Now, Andrew, the tag we're going to put on him, I don't know. I've, I've, there's, there's a couple of ones. The same guy that I was studying when I found the one about Peter said the apostle of small things. And I think that fits, but I'm, I'm going to change it here in a minute. I'm not going to tell you yet, but I'm going to change it to something else, I think. But Andrew, when you think about the first group, so we looked, the very first thing we did when we started studying the apostles was we looked in the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then in Acts of the list of the apostles. That's what we, that's what we looked at. And the first four are always mentioned together. That being who? Who's the first four apostles listed? Peter, Andrew, James, and John. That's, that's the top four. <laughs> We believe, I believe, that that list is in order probably of those that were closest to Christ. And that group of four, they had a bond. Now, Andrew is probably the least known of all four of those. You might can make an argument for James, but we know more about James than we do about Andrew. And I told you when we first started studying this, Peter took weeks, weeks and weeks. But there's a plethora of stuff in the Bible about Peter. There's not much about some of these apostles. So I thought, well, we'll spend 12 weeks on Peter and one on Andrew. But I've already got like 20 pages of notes on Andrew. (laughs) And some mornings I don't get through but one page maybe. But... We seem to know the least about Andrew, so that kind of leads into what we did with Peter. What do you know? What do you know about Andrew? It's not rhetorical. Thank you, brother. (laughs) He was a soul winner from the preacher. Yes, sir. He was a soul winner. What else? What do you know about Andrew, Simon Peter's brother? There are some things you know. He was a fisherman. Thank you. What else? He was a man of trials. 
He knew the scriptures. Yes, sir. We've talked about um, the differences. You know, and some of these things we talked about with Peter, we don't understand because we, we're not Jews. We didn't grow up like they did. These boys had the law and the prophets pushed into them. They knew. They were looking for the Messiah. Now, they had a different picture of what he was going to be when he came, but they were looking for one. So what else? What about Andrew? Hmm. We'll look at him in the book of Acts. But what, what about in the Gospels? This is, I know you know some stuff. You're just not saying it. But this is kind of, I mean, when we talked about Peter, we had people popping off. You know, he walked on water. He denied Jesus. He was at the transfiguration. Da, da, da. Now, Andrew, <laughs> which typifies his story. But there are some things you know about Andrew. What do you know? I'm not moving on. <laughs> what do you know? He was a disciple of John the Baptist. He first started following John the Baptist. That's how he met Jesus. We just read that. So he was a disciple of John the Baptist. What else? What nationality was he? He was a Jew. He was a Jew. He was a I'm just talking about simple stuff. What do you know about Andrew? It, this doesn't have to be hard. He was Peter's brother. Thank you. What else do you know? Every Sunday, go ahead, brother. He needed, as we all do. <laughs> I didn't think of that one. That's a good one. He needed Jesus. He sure did. He's, yeah, 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 yeah. He was the son of Jonah. That's right. So he was a Jew. He was a fisherman. He was the son of Jonah. What else? You're getting a kick out of this, aren't you? Now, I'm so hard on this because every Sunday we go through this little statement where I ask you all like seven questions. And everything that relates to Peter relates to Andrew. <laughs> where did he grow up? In the region of Galilee. What city? Bethsaida. Then they moved to where? Capernaum. Now we're moving. What kind of business did they have? Fishing business. With who? James and John, the sons of Zeb. There we go. There we go. So we think we don't know anything about Andrew. We actually know some stuff. We know some stuff about Andrew. Um, there's a principle that I, I, I would like to adhere to in my life, but I don't adhere to this all the time. It's called the KISS principle. Does anybody know what this is? Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> simple things. Peter's brother, son of Jonah. It don't have to be difficult. Um, but Andrew seems to be the least, the least known of those four, if you think about it. We know a lot about Peter. We know a good bit about John. There's things you'll see when we do James. We know some things about James. We know very little about Andrew. But I'm going to tell you, 
what we know I like. Now, he was part of this four. Peter, James, John, Andrew. He was part of that four. But there were times when important things happened in the life of Christ, in the Gospels, that Andrew's not even mentioned. That's when we get down to what we talked about, that inner circle of three. Peter, James, and John. Where'd Andrew go? I don't know. But th- let's look at some. So, oh, did we, we, we read John 1, right? So let's look at Matthew chapter 17. He's part of this inner circle of four, this top group. Now, you cannot like me wording it that way. That's fine. You can word it different when you come up here and teach. But they were the top group. They were the closest ones to Christ. He's part of that group. But he's not, he's not featured like some of these others in the scriptures. He, we'll see. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Look at uh, Matthew chapter 17. Thinking about... Andrew being part of this main group. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart. Where is Andrew? Not even mentioned. Not even mentioned. Now, turn over to Mark. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Let's look in verse Let's look in verse 35. <clears throat> uh, pop quiz. How many people did Jesus raise from the dead while he was here on this earth? Three we can think of. But we don't know. The scripture lists 3. But we don't know. You know, when we look at John, we'll definitely look at this. But at the end of John, and I only say that because this is one of those times, we see where John said in Jay's terminology, if I were to write down everything that Jesus did, all he said and all he healed and all he raised from the dead, the world couldn't contain the books of what I would write. So Jesus did so much more than we're told in the Scriptures. But we're told a lot. And he raised... uh, Three people. Let's, okay, since we're on that, who were they? Who were the three people Jesus raised from the dead? Anybody know? Lazarus, Jairus' daughter, the widow Nain's son. They were bringing him out in that beer, and uh, death met life. <laughs> so we're looking at Jairus' daughter here in Matthew, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 5, verse 35. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house. Certain which said, now they're speaking to Jairus. If you, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to go back and read it, but if you'll remember, Jairus had tracked down Jesus and begged him to come and heal his daughter who was sick. Jesus agreed to go, but in the way, he met this woman with the issue of blood and healed her there. And that has just happened when these, from the ruler of the synagogue, They came and said, at the end of verse 35, to Jairus, thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? 
As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. Where's Andrew? So he was part of the four. A lot of these things he's not mentioned for. Look, uh, look over. We're still in Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. Verse 32. And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he, being Jesus, saith unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John, and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. Where was Andrew? So Andrew, just want to look at a couple of examples there. Andrew was definitely part of that group. But there were several things that Jesus did not include him on. Now, there were things that he did. So still in Mark, look, at, look back at chapter 1. He was there for a lot of stuff. Mark chapter 1, verse 29. We're reading a lot. But the most important thing I'll do while I'm up here is read this, this word. Mark 1, 29. And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. You better mark, I'm not, I'm not saying mark that in your Bible. I mean, you can if you want to, but you better mark that. That's one of few times. And I'll, I'll say something about that here in a minute, unless we don't get there. <laughs> and then in chapter 13, still in Mark 13. Verse 1. And as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples saith unto him, Master, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Seest thou these great buildings? There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives over against the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately. And they asked him a question here. And Jesus expounds on it. So he was definitely part of this group. Some things he was there for. Some things he was not there for. I find absolutely nothing in Scripture that makes me believe that Andrew begrudged that. Nowhere. He was definitely part of this group. He definitely had a close relationship with Christ. And like Brother Larry said, and we're definitely going to get to, he was, he was often the means by which other people were introduced to Jesus Christ. Look at John chapter 1. I said we were going to read this. John chapter 1, verse 35. John chapter 1, verse 35. We've already seen the end of it, but he was responsible for bringing his own brother to the Lord. And again, the next day after, John stood and two of his disciples, that's John the Baptist, and two 
of his disciples. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then, this is, these are the first. I think I'm going to probably repeat that, but I can't help it. These are the first. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is, by, uh, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him. Now, Peter doesn't know Christ. Maybe he heard of him. I can't speculate to that. This is the introduction. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when he beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is uh, by interpretation a stone. So Andrew introduced his own brother to Jesus. Do you think he was eager to follow Jesus, Andrew? I would say so. All John had to do was point him out and say, Behold the Lamb of God. And we're told that two of the disciples, which heard him say that, followed the one he pointed to, and that being Jesus. His eagerness to follow him and his willingness to introduce others. You know, that, that relationship needs to be shared. It's not something to keep private. It's not what it's meant for. There is definitely a personal relationship. Everybody knows I'm not going against that. But that relationship, that needs to be shared with others. That's how we reach the world. That's how we reach our family. That's how we reach our community. Um, and as we're going to see in Andrew's life, that that typifies his character, introducing others. Now, we've already talked about where he grew up. We've talked about his fishing business. Um, James and John, I find it interesting. There's really nothing that we can, we can really look at much to tell us much more, but I find it very interesting that James and John were so close to Peter and Andrew. They evidently knew each other. They were in business together, probably grew up together went to the temple together, learned the scriptures together. Um, and we're not told there, but we are told somewhere else. It was John was the other disciple, John, the apostle John, the gospel writer John, who was with Andrew and followed Jesus that day. So they formed a tight, a tight unit, that, that group of four did. Now, talking about Peter, Andrew is... I almost said he's almost the opposite of Peter, but I, I don't know that almost should even be put in there. He's pretty much the opposite of Peter. <laughs> we think about Peter being out there, talking when he's not asked anything, all the boldness, whether it be good or bad boldness, um, all of that going on. That's just not Andrew. Now, he was bold in his own way. But you think about Peter, 
He think, I think about him. One of the things I think about is him being a leader, leading the group. But did you know that all four of these men wanted to be leaders? All four of them. Look in uh, Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, um, let's start reading in verse 30. And they departed thence and passed through Galilee. And he would not that any man should know it. For he taught his disciples and said unto them, The Son of Man is delivered in the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day. Now he just told him. He just told them that he's going to die. But they understood not the saying and they were afraid to ask him look in verse 33 and he came to Capernaum and being in the house he asked them what was it that ye dispute, disputed among yourselves by the way so Jesus had told them I'm going to die and I'm going to be raised again and between that and the time they got to, to Capernaum they found something to argue about <laughs> that's what that means and he asked them, what were you arguing about on the way here? But they held their peace. That, if you have children, you know that gives away guilt. <laughs> Who did it? Who spilled milk in the floor? Quiet. But they held their peace. Why did they hold their peace? For by the way, they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. And this is not the only time. These men argued with each other over who was going to be top dog. Who was going to be the greatest? In one place, I'm getting ahead of, but, but it's way down the road probably, in one place, um, James and John's mother comes and asks Jesus to let James and John be exalted to that position, one on each side. I guarantee James and John knew about that. <laughs> they argued about who was going to be the greatest. So although Peter, we've already talked about him, so we know he ends up becoming the leader of the group, they all wanted to be leaders. They all wanted to be the greatest. That sounds like most of us, whether we want to admit it or not. Um, sometimes, you know, we can sit back and say, and I believe a lot of people mean it, I don't want any recognition. I'd rather sit back on the back row and just, and that's the way I, that's the way I am. Sometimes that flesh gets involved, though. And when somebody gets exalted or praised for something, oh, all of a sudden, now all the stuff I've done starts coming back to my mind. Well, what about me? So we've got to be careful. These men were not perfect. Even Andrew, which 
you're not going to be able to find anything negative about the man in the Bible. Other than the general fact that we know he was a son of Adam and a sinner and needed Jesus. But even Andrew had faults. All these men, all these men wanted, to be, wanted to be the greatest. But out of those four, Andrew, I think, was the least, least um, conspicuous. He was the least one out there that we know much about. Now, I'm going to say this and then probably need to quit. Andrew, he's not mentioned much in the Bible. He's just not. If you search the Gospels, you're going to find that Andrew, I mean, yeah, Andrew is mentioned nine times. Other than when the, the, other than when the apostles are mentioned as a group, Andrew alone is mentioned nine times. Is that a lot or not? Well, if we contrast that to Peter, he's mentioned over 90 <laughs> times. So Peter was much more high profile than Andrew was. And most of the time when you find Andrew's name in the Bible, do you know what it says about him? I'm not talking about him bringing others to Christ. You know what it says about Andrew when you see his name? Almost every time. Not every time. Almost every time. You know what it says? He was Simon Peter's brother. <laughs> so although I believe these men knew him, most people knew him not as, hey, there's Andrew, but as, hey, there's Peter's brother. <laughs> and that's the way it is sometimes. People are relegated to a life in the shadows. And they can excel there. And, and Andrew did. <laughs> yeah. so he kept these four men close because one of them talked too much which one was that Peter <laughs> and which two had ego problems yeah James and John Yeah, exactly.
I trained missionaries, I tell them, I said, look, bigger churches feed your ego. Smaller churches feed your ego. And, and that's I think not, that's, that's good. Why. I think not me first, that's just a thought I have. I think he had them close to him because they could get Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting take on that. Yeah. And and I believe I believe I mean sounds good. <laughs> And, you know, we kind of talked about, we talked about John one time as a contrast to Peter and how we think the apostle love and all these great things about John. But don't forget, him and his brother wanted to call down fire out of heaven and kill a bunch of people one time. So they had their own problems. And don't forget, too, as we talked about generally the, 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 these apostles, if it wasn't for their faults, we couldn't even identify with them. What's obvious, some people even in the church may need more attention than others. Mm -hmm. There's some guys in this church, you just know what they don't say it. They don't have an assigned seat, but you know what they say. Mm -hmm. And you know they're going to be there. They don't say much, but they do it a lot. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that, you know, they say and do. Yeah. And so I think that's true of all Christians. There's just some of us need more. People need to stay after us more. The Lord has to stay after us more. Preachers have to stay after us more. You know, we're wandering sheep, and uh, some sheep are wild, and some need to be cheered, and some need to be, you know, there's a staff. You, you know about the staff. Mm -hmm. uh, it was used more than just something to lean on. You had to crack them in the head every once in a while and yeah. go back over. Yeah. You know, and there's some that just stay with the herd. You know, it's run with them, and they live their whole life, and they do a great deal. And you don't know until their funeral what all they've done when the preacher starts bragging on them. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, that's good. That's my reasoning why I kept him close and I stayed in the garden of Gethsemane because I went to sleep on him. Yeah. You know? You know, he's telling them, I'm going to die. They said, well, that's a great thought, but who's going to be the greatest? Yeah. You know, where am I going to sit? <laughs> You're going to die, but where am I going to sit? Yeah. You know, I just, and, and, I, and I see, and we all have egos. And sometimes, you know, uh, over the years, there's been a time or two I've thought a whole lot more of myself than I should. And the Lord's letting me know, hey, it ain't you, it's about me. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a, it's a blessing. But anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, I appreciate it. I like an interactive Sunday school. <laughs> no, I know a lot of Sunday schools where you can't get involved in a discussion like that or a good teacher because they don't, they don't say nothing. Yeah. And it's just really good that you've got that. But you've got, you know, you're out front. You got a bunch of people in this class that probably know a lot because I was hearing them lit and talking about stuff that they knew, and I know your preacher, and so uh, it's in the Church of the Bible. Mm -hmm. so that's a good thing. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, and you may not be known of men, but uh, sometimes people that's out front, you know. Uh, well, little preacher used to tell me he told me a long time ago the emptiest wagon makes the loudest noise. There you go. I don't know. That's something. <laughs> wow. That's just country theology. Well, it goes right along with what we're talking about with Andrew. Like I said, the theme of his life is a life in the shadow. But the things that we know he did are the things we need to be doing. <laughs> and we'll talk about all that stuff in the coming weeks, I'm sure. So, all right. Let's see. Mr. Ray, you want to dismiss us in prayer?